0: Come on, let's pray together. God, I believe that it is a a testimony, it is a profession of our faith to be able to come out on a Sunday, God, or any day this week or in the months ahead when someone experiences this online and to declare in the midst of a dark world, to declare in the midst where things don't always make sense That you are still good. You are still good. Even though things look bad, you are good, the Bible says, and your mercy endures forever. Father, we thank you for your goodness. And we pray today as we open your word that we would not take for granted this sacred book. One of the ways in which you have demonstrated your goodness, O oh God, is that you tell us in John's gospel that I will never leave or forsake you. And you have done that, oh God, in many ways, but two, most importantly, God, is in the Word of God and the Holy Spirit that is with us now even as we worship. So would you take our minds and think through them, O oh God? Would you take our hearts and fill with them today. Oh God, I humbly ask that you would take my lips and speak through them today. For if you do not speak, then absolutely nothing of any significance will have been spoken. And we pray it all in the mighty name of Jesus and all of those who love God, said? Amen. Amen and amen. Yeah, you can keep that going and welcome all of our campuses. Those of you who are online, welcome. You can be seated. Glad you guys are here today. Hey, before I, before I jump in today, just one quick thing ever so briefly. Um, I just want to say thank you to you as a church. Um, I've been doing it probably, I don't know, 12, 14 years or so, something like that. Uh, taking a study break in the summer, sometimes Uh, It's it's referred to as a study break, sometimes just a sabbatical. This summer it was a sabbatical and so many of you encouraged me to do that. The staff encouraged me to do that and it just meant so very much to me. So thank you for being a church that values that and um, I I come back every year refreshed and renewed and so I wanna thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, I want to join you in clapping now and just honor um, our staff because listen, they, they held the fort down and you have some of the most amazing pastors and staff. And so while I went away, someone had to run the church and they ran it. Can we just thank all of the pastors and the staff of this church? Amazing. Okay. So what do you say? I'm going to get you some of this. I'm going to come back from my sabbatical and we're going to have an English lesson. How about that? I promise not to make it too painful, and I promise to keep it short, but come on, kids are going back to school? Let's brush up on our English a little bit, if you will. Okay, so maybe you remember in English, you remember what a synonym is? A synonym? A synonym, check it out, you know what it is. A synonym is two different words that have the same or similar meaning, as in shut the front door. Close the front, shut, close, right? Synonyms. How, how about this antonym? We, you know that. The root word kind of gives it away. Antonym. It's a, it's a word that means opposite of another word. Like bad versus good. It's an antonym, right? Now here's one that you might not remember as easily. Some of you English lovers will remember it and know this. But it's the homonym. You remember the homonym? The homonym is a word that is spelled the same but, but has two different meanings or multiple meanings, if you will. So I want to kind of give you a test today. We're going to have an engagement, and I'll give you a little quiz at the end. But again, it's going to be short and painless. Um, I, I went over this with my son Joshua on Friday. We were just kind of hanging out watching a movie together, and so we kind of paused it, and I started talking. I love to go over parts of my messages with my kids, and it's, it's always a hoot. And um, Josh failed this test miserably. Um, but we came to realize that it was my fault because I didn't set it up very well. So here's the deal. I wanna set it up better. I'm I'm gonna say a word, and then I want you to think about the first thing you think about when I say that word. Capture that word in your mind, right? And then on the count of three, I'm gonna have you yell that word out. Okay, are you in? All right, Well, people are in. Here we go. All right, here's the word. Remember, homonyms. Fly. Don't yell it out yet. Fly, F-L-Y. What's the first thing that came to mind? On the count of three, yell it out. Go. One, two, three. I said go. And then I said one, two, three. What a goober I am. Right? Right, right? On three. One, two, three. Yeah, I don't know what you said. It sounds like you're talking in tongues, but 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 fly. So how many of you, how many of you said air, like something flying in the air? a few of you, we aren't that popular. Um, how many of you thought of an insect? An insect. Oh yeah. 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 How many of you thought of like fly as in cool? <laughs> if, if that's you, I love you. You, you were born probably in the seventies. I'm just saying, you got a little age on you, right? All right. Y'all, y'all doing good. All right. Here's one date, date, D-A-T-E. All right. How many of you thought of something to eat? Show of hands, show of hands, something to eat. How many of you thought of something that you haven't been out on in a long time? Now, if you're married, that's a good thing. You shouldn't be out. But how many of you, how many of you are single, single people? Oh, the single ladies, single people. Single ladies and single guys, raise it up high. Now listen, if you're single, you should not be looking at me right now. Have you ever thought about this? Like like you should, you listen, you should not be. I'm gonna give you another chance. I'm gonna give you a bye. (laughs) She says, Do it again. Yeah. You wanna stand up, sister, and turn around? (laughs) Hey, sister, sister, you wanna come on up here on stage with me? All right. All the single people, raise your hand. We're gonna have fun today, I can tell. Raise your hand, single people. Look around, look around. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. There's no better place to meet people than in the house of the Lord. I had somebody say to me one time, my daughter's only going to church so she can find a boyfriend. I said, what's the problem? (laughs) It's better than going out wherever, right? Date, right? Okay. Ring. Ring. On the count of three, yell out what you think. One, two, three. I don't know what you said, but you're engaged. You're participating. Ring. How how many of you thought like ring on your finger? Okay, okay, okay. How many... How many of you thought of a sound? Like this sound, ring, ring. This is an interesting. How many of you thought about your doorbell? Yeah, that's that's a popular thing today. The the, the ring camera doorbell combination. Glasses. This is Josh and I, because we were talking about this, but then we was it's, it's fascinating because we also got hung up in a conversation in the kitchen dealing with homonyms, because he said, Hey Dad, when did you get those new glasses? And I thought he was talking about glasses. I said, I didn't get glasses. He goes, those glasses right there. I said, there are no glasses right there. And he was talking about glasses that you drink out of. I was talking about eyeglasses. Today, I want to kick off a three-part series on ecclesia. Ecclesia. Now, a dear friend of mine said to me just yesterday, I have no idea how to say that word. And I know it's a hard word to say, but it really isn't once you, it flows off your tongue. Say it with me. Ecclesia. Ecclesia. Now, if you spell it with two Cs, that's the Greek version of the word, ekklesia. That's what you find in the New Testament. You will also see this word spelled with two Ks, ekklesia. And that is, uh, that is the Hebrew form of the word. But ekklesia, ekklesia is the word that we're looking at over the next three weeks. What does it mean? What, what is it all about? The word ekklesia literally means church. Ecclesia is the church. So here, here's the quiz part. Here's the, 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 the final part of our English lesson today, or Greek or Hebrew, right? Since we're working Ecclesia in there. What's the first definition that comes to your mind? What is the first thing that comes to your mind when I say church or Ecclesia? On the count of three. And this is the last time we're going to do this. So I'll, you've been really engaged and participating, but get a, get a little louder this time. Disobey your mom and yell in church, okay? On the count of three, I want you to yell out the first thing that comes to your mind when I say church. One, two, three. Okay, still had no idea what you said, but it's beautiful. Maybe, maybe you're here and the first thing that came to your mind was a building. You grew up going to church, and so you had a building that was special to you, and you still remember what it smelt like, what it feels like, what it looks like. You still remember the carpet. You still remember the the hymns and the pianist who used to try to bang out those hymns. You, you, You remember it all. Maybe maybe when you think of church, you think of music and message. Music and message. Maybe some of you think of denominations. You You grew up, and you were in a very denominational-oriented family, and so you think of denominations. Some of you might think of people, people. Some had a positive impact on your life. Some had a negative impact on your life. Now, here's what you need to know, and I firmly believe this in the core of my being. Your understanding of ecclesia and your engagement in the church will be one of the most important factors, if not the most important factor in your spiritual development and growth. I firmly believe that is the case, so let me repeat it. Your understanding of ecclesia and therefore your engagement in the church will be one of the most important, if not the most important factors in your spiritual growth and faithfulness to the gospel. So what is the church? What is the church? This summer, I spent a lot of time leaning in to churches. I visited some great churches. I went back to Charleston, South Carolina, which is where my family is originally from, and I visited some churches. I went and sat out uh, front of the Mother Emmanuel A.M.E. Episcopal Church, where you remember Dylan Roof is a long time ago now, but Dylan Roof committed that dastardly crime of killing the Charleston Nine. Remember that? And I got the awesome privilege of preaching at that church after that happened. So I, I went there. And then, and then I went to Chicago. And if you've been to Chicago, you know that Chicago is just laced, beautiful city, laced with some of the most historic and beautiful churches on the planet. And I just walked around and observed the churches. Even took a river cruise, and you can see all these churches. And then I was in Indianapolis, and I preached at a great church. And, and as I did these things, I'm leaning in to this concept of the church and I knew that the Lord was leading me to come back and and talk to you about the church because here's what I've come to to let you know and I think you probably intuitively know this but a divided world desperately needs a united church the divided world that we live is divided over all kinds of things it desperately needs A united church. And what you should know also, if you study the New Testament, you'll see this. After the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the church was the primary vehicle through which God's redemptive plan unfolded on planet Earth. After the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, it was the church... It was in and through the church that the gospel was manifold and witnessed to the world. It was in and through the church that lives were saved and and, and people were discipled. There is no plan B. When you read the New Testament, God has one plan, plan A for his redemptive work in the world, and it was in and through his ecclesia, the word ecclesia. if you're a note taker, write this down or type it in. The word ecclesia is used 117 times in the New Testament. 117 times in the New Testament, that's a lot. So what does it mean? What in the world is the biblical understanding of the church? Here it is. If you're a note taker, again, jot this down or take a picture of it, whatever the case may be. Ecclesia. the ecclesia is a physical assembly or gathering of God's people with a shared mission and purpose. It's a physical assembly or gathering of who? God's people with a what? So we, we are ecclesia at all of our campuses. We are ecclesia and we have a shared purpose and mission, which is to reach, teach, and release. Say it with me. Reach, teach, and release. Again, reach, Teach and release. We exist to reach people with the hope of the gospel. Can I get an amen? Amen. Teach them to follow God's word and release world changers. We're an ecclesia. We're a church gathering God's people on purpose and on mission. Notice the, the plurality of that statement. Shared purpose and mission. It's an assembly or a gathering of many people. In other words, you can't say I am the church, neither can I. We can't say I am the church. We can only say what? We are the church. There's a plurality to it as well. So I wanna just talk to you ever so briefly, and I'll probably leave this room for a little bit and really try to talk to my my people online. I wanna talk to the online community. And maybe you're here and you're you're states away. Man, we're so glad you're a part of this church. We are so glad you tap into the online experience. We have a lot of pastors who watch weekly and they're serving their churches on Sunday so they watch online during the week. Man, we love you, we wanna encourage you. Welcome to this ministry. But I wanna speak to those of you who are online and you're at home. You're near a physical campus and I want to just encourage you, I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you to declare it is time to come back to the house of the Lord. It is time to step in. We've been at this a long time and I think I would, I think I can honestly say with integrity, I've been incredibly patient and prudent to look at you online and tell you it's time to come back home. And I'm just wondering if those of you in the room at any of our campuses will let them know how much we would love to have them back at New Hope Church. We love you. We miss you. You can be smart about it, but we want you to come back to the house of the Lord. And it's not because we want you to, but it's because this is God's plan. So many folks say to me, I run into them all the time, sometimes they're out in the community and literally with tears in their eyes, they say things like, we so miss being at church. Other times when I'm here, I've dropped in a few times this summer, I see people, and before this summer, people would come back to church, it was their first Sunday back, and I can guarantee you, you're sitting around some people today, it's their first Sunday back in like 18 months. And quite often with tears in their eyes, and heartfelt, they say, oh, we have missed it. We have missed the church. And what you need to know as your pastor, and I can speak on behalf of all the campus pastors and all the children's ministry staff and student ministry staff and admin staff, all the pastors and staff of this church, we wanna see you grow. We want to see you reach the zenith level of your potential for Christ. We want you to be a great parent, a great business leader, a great worker, a great Christian, and you can't do that online. <laughs> Let's go back to the single people. Um, this, they're like, would you please? Um, <laughs> um, this, people used to be ashamed of this. There's no shame in this game. Like, the, the, very common today is online dating. Online dating so let's test the single people. Single people, how many of you have engaged in online dating or at least opened up some of the sites? There's some honest people up in the house. And what do you do when you go to those sites? I wouldn't know, but you, know, you swipe, swipe, nope, nope, <laughs> swipe, swipe, nope, nope. <laughs> right? And if you, if you connect with somebody online... You you kinda you kinda do the online communication thing for a while, right? You're trying to check out their chemistry. Do they do they like the similar things I like? Are they psycho? You know, you <laughs> you know you're trying to figure out you're trying to figure out all this stuff online. But if all if they check all those boxes, right? Single person, is this not true? If you like, you like, I'm feeling it, I'm ready to connect with this person, here's what you're gonna do. And so are they gonna do if they if they're connecting with you you will very quickly make the leap from online dating to in-person. You'll go, you'll go out on a date, or you'll go to a movie. Thank God movie theaters are open again. Praise Jesus. I love movies. Why do you do that? Why is that the natural progression? Because online dating will only take you so far. Can I get an amen from the single people? It will only take you so far. Before long, there's gotta be some skin in the game, as it were, there's gotta be some some physicality to it, if you will. And again, if you're online and you go to another church and you're just blessed by the ministries or you live too far, welcome to the online church. But if you're at home and you're near a campus, and I think I've earned the right to do this, I wanna challenge you, it's time It's time to come back to the house of the Lord. And I want to give you a date. Some of you will be here next Sunday, I know, because the Holy Spirit's going to convict you. But I want to go ahead and lay a date out there. We're going to call it Back to Church Sunday. And I'm talking about September 12th. September 12th, Back to Church. And on this day, you'll see the little question mark. Can you keep a secret? So can we. Listen, on September 12th, for those of you who are here now, mark it down. You don't want to miss that day. We are going to be revealing something that is far-reaching all the campuses. It impacts our ministry around the world. You don't want to miss September 12th. But in addition to that, we're gonna invite those of you who for 18 months have been going to church online. And some of you haven't been doing that but you just are checking it out today. And we're gonna invite you back. We're gonna encourage you. We're gonna receive you with open arms into the family of God. Did you know that in the Bible, go ahead and flip open your Bibles if you have it to 1 Corinthians 12 on your phone or your your scriptures. Do you know that The Bible talks about the church, ecclesia, and it likens it to a body. Check it out, 11 times, 11 times, scriptures refer to the church as a body. First Corinthians 12, 12 through 14, if you love the word of the Lord, let me hear an amen. All right, here we go, check it out. Just as a body, though, what? One has many parts but all its many parts, what do they do, church? They form one body. Now, if you've got your pens or your phone and you can highlight, just, just highlight the word one. You'll see it over and over. For we were all baptized by what? One spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body, look at what Paul does here. Everything's one, one spirit, one faith, one church. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of what? So there's one faith, there's one baptism, there's one Lord, Paul would say over there in Ephesians, there's one church, but that one church is made up of many parts. And check this out. No part is more important than another part. This part is no more important than your part. We all play a part. Wherever you are in serving as a world changer, wherever you are on staff on the org chart, it's not a hierarchy. One is not more important than the other. We all are interconnected, interdependent in the church, and we all form one church, but we're made up of many parts of the body. So think about your body for a moment. If I were to, let's just say last night, hypothetically, I was cooking dinner and I, I cut my finger off. And I said, you know what? I don't need that finger. I'm not gonna worry about it. <laughs> I can deal with nine. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 and I'm just, what would happen? That finger would cease to be a part of my body. Very quickly, unless I rushed to the emergency room Very quickly, atrophy would set in, the finger would die, and it would no longer be a part of the body. And this is why I'm calling you back. Could it be? And I might be talking to some of you here, like you might be here, and you might, COVID might have turned you into a once a couple month Christian. You come once a couple months or once every four weeks or five weeks when the Bible says, no, 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 we are to gather on the first day of the week, on the Lord's day, every single week. Hebrews 10, 24, 25 says, let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. So I realize I'm speaking to you online, but I might be speaking to some of you as well. Could it be that this is one of the reasons why you feel so lonely Could it be this is one of the primary reasons why you feel like you're sticking with the body analogy? You feel like you're dying on the inside. Could this be one of the reasons why your depression is at an all-time high? Your anxiety is at an all-time high. You were never meant to live life in isolation. And what all the psychologists and psychiatrists and therapists and medical field is telling us today is that depression is at an all-time high. Sleeplessness is at an all-time high. Drug addiction is at an all-time high. Suicide is at an all-time high. All of these things, it's a hard day to live. But it's why. The scriptures are so clear that the church is God's plan A. There is no plan B. It's God's plan to grow you up in the faith around other Christians. God's ecclesia, the church, is a place where everyone should be needed and known. Everybody say, Needed. Everybody say, Known. Those of you online say it with us, everybody say, needed, "needed. Known." The Ecclesia is a place where everyone is needed and known. And it's where we live our best lives. People, people kind of were asking me like, I was here last week, I came back last week, I didn't teach last week, And everybody's like, you, "You seem so happy." Guess what? I am. You know why? Because I'm back with my church. I'm back with my people. You were never meant to live isolated off, segregated from God's people. Y'all know that that the Bible says that there's an enemy. People refer to him as different things. Satan, you see it in the scriptures. The devil. Um, the, The Bible says that the enemy has come to kill steal and destroy. You guys know, know that scripture. Um, I remember a few years ago, I was in Kenya and we did a missions trip and then we took all the missionaries on a safari. And it was an amazing experience. We saw the, the big five, you guys know what I'm talking about. And um, we, we actually got to see uh, lions, of course, and, and we saw something go down one time and I had heard this in an illustration, but this just kinda brought it home. The lion, again, the Bible says the lion prowls around. The enemy is like a lion that prowls around who wants to kill, steal, and destroy you, right? The, the lions will always attack the animal that is off from the herd. So if you check this picture, look at this water buffalo. You see the herd in the background? The, the, the lion is always gonna go for the one who is alone, who is by herself, by himself. And again, I just want to ask the question and I hope I've earned the right to ask it. Could it be that the lion, the enemy, Satan himself is eating your lunch because you're off in isolation? You're off trying to do this thing called online church and it's great, it's a tool It's great for guests to check out our church before they come. It's great if you're traveling. It's great if you're sick. It's great if you live states away, but you love this ministry. But it is a poor example, a poor demonstration of what it means to be engaged in the ecclesia, to be engaged in God's redemptive plan on planet Earth. Technology helps keep us connected, but it's not a substitute for connection. Oh, my Lord. Technology helps us stay connected, but it is a poor substitute for true biblical, Konania is the Greek word, of connection and community. So I want to end with a story. Two, two stories that we're going to look at parallel. I want to tell you about two special ladies. I want to tell you about these ladies and how they, they live their life for Christ. Ruby Eliasson was one. She was in her 80s. Let me tell you about Ruby. She was single her entire life, single person. Listen, You can live a productive, kingdom-oriented, purposeful, great life single. And Ruby had done exactly that. In her 80s, single her entire life, she poured her life out for Christ. From as early as she could remember and everybody who watched her life, they said all she did, she lived with one passion in life, that was to exalt and glorify and magnify the name of Jesus Christ. Laura Edwards was a similar kind of woman. Laura was a nurse in the Twin Cities, and she was pushing 80 as well. And these two linked up. Ruby and Laura linked up in Cameroon, Central Africa area. And they linked up as as missionaries, and they would go from village to village, and they would talk to anybody they possibly could about Jesus. They just had a heart for people. They would serve the poorest of the poor And they never would just give food or cups or shelter without connecting it to Jesus. I mean, they were on point for Christ in the mission field until one day the van that they had been given as missionaries came around the bend of a mountain and the brakes went out and the van went over the cliff and Ruby and Laura died instantly. Now here's my question to all of you here today. Was that a tragedy? Let that hang in the air for a moment. Is that that a tragedy? Most people would say, you know what, that's a tragedy. Two women in their 80s, whole life, devoted to one idea, Jesus Christ. And after 20 years where their American counterparts we're vacationing and chilling and taking it easy and coasting in retirement. These two women on the mission field for Jesus go over a cliff, die and meet Jesus immediately. Was that a tragedy? Now compare that to this. I read an article this week. John Piper was talking about the article It's an article that goes back a little bit. It was an article in Reader's Digest. Young person, let me tell you about Reader's Digest. You're like, Reader's Who? (laughs) Reader's Digest was, was big in a previous generation. And in this article, the article was titled, Start Now, Retire Early. Isn't that great? Start Now, Retire Early. The article used a Bob and Penny as the shining example of what it looks like to live out what this article is suggesting. Let me tell you about them. They worked hard in the Northeast and they were very, very successful. They took their early retirement. Bob was 59, Penny was 51 years of age. Hey, that's a good time to retire, wouldn't you say? They were successful, they retired And they moved down to Punta Gorda, Florida, where the article said that they're doing this. They spend their days on their 30 foot trawler, they play softball, and they collect seashells. Come on now. Friends, that's a tragedy. There are marketers and companies spending billions of dollars, billions with a B, every year trying to convince you and trying to convince me to sell out to the American dream. Don't you do it even for a moment. Don't you buy it. I will live a great life, a fulfilled life when I get a nice house and a nice car and a nice boat and I can walk around the shores of Florida or wherever you can say and I can collect seashells. Can you? <laughs> all bring, y'all inviting me in, I can just feel you saying, like, yeah, yeah. So, can, can you imagine standing before God one day? <laughs> y'all funny. And you get to the end of your life, the Bible says we're all gonna stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And you get before Almighty God one day, and you're standing in the presence of holiness and divinity, the one that formed you in your mother's womb, the one that breathed into you the breath of life for 60, 70, 80, 100 years, who knows? And he says, give an account for your life, and you say, here's my seashells that's a tragedy Ruby and Laura is not the tragedy in the juxtaposition of these two stories no 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 the tragedy is when we sell out to the things of this world and we make them the end all. Don't mishear me, nothing wrong with a nice house. Nothing wrong with a 30 foot trawler. Nothing wrong with a nice car. Nothing wrong with whatever else God might give you. The question becomes, how are you using that which God has given you to advance his purposes in the world? The real tragedy is when human beings squander their lives for the things of this world instead of using the things of this world for this life and the one to come. I still remember the first church I ever went to at the age of 18. became first church as a Christian. I did go to church one time as a kid. Y'all have heard that story one time. But I became a Christian at the age of 18. I still remember going to that church and I I still remember the plaque that was on the wall. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Come on, New Hope. God has positioned you and God has positioned me to be on the front lines of growing his church out of a global pandemic. God has positioned you and he has positioned me in the midst of a divided United States of America, a divided world. He's tapped you and he's tapped me on the shoulder and said, you are plan A. You are my redemptive work in the world. You are the one who's supposed to shine the light of Christ and push back the darkness. You are the one to be the church, the very hope of the world. Don't throw your life away on fatal success. Don't miss those two words together. Some of us, all we worry about is being successful. Beloved, if you're only successful in the things of this world, if you're only successful in building an American dream, I wanna go and save you a lot of hard work, effort, and energy. You will get to the end of that and you will die a empty, hopeless person. But if you take all of that, and you surrender it all at the feet of Jesus and commit to him the lordship of Christ over everything that you have, that will be a truly successful life. That together, we as a church family could quote Isaiah 26, 8. In fact, I'm going to invite you just to stand to your feet. We're going to end with this. Stand to your feet and quote this great verse from Isaiah 26:8 together. Ready church, come on, go. Your name and renown is the desire of our souls. Notice the plurality again at all of our campuses, go, Your name and renown is the desire of our souls. Jesus Christ gave his life for the church. It's time we do the same. Pray with me. Father God, thank you for the church. I'm more in love with your church today than than I've ever been. And Father, we need you more today than we've ever needed you. Father, I pray that the words that were just spoken would fall on fertile soil. God, if I said anything that is not of you, would you please let that fall by the wayside that we would remember it no more. But those things that were said and declared from your word and were of you, Father, would you indelibly place them and mark us deeply in our hearts Father, we thank you for the church. We love you today and we honor you. And we bless your name. May our heart's desire be that of Isaiah's. May your renown, your glory, your honor be the desire of our souls. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I wanna give you one point of application today. Just one. We'll do it after the prayer. One one challenge. Here it is. I will take my next step to engage and contribute to my church. Say that with me. I will take my next step to engage and contribute to my church. Don't leave because we're gonna sing a great song, but at the end of this song, Pastor Reese, our executive pastor, is gonna talk to you about opportunities that's waiting outside for you. There are needed and known opportunities for community. There are needed and known opportunities for serve. For some of you, it might be that. For some of you, it might be, I need to get back tithing. Somewhere along the lines in COVID, I've just stopped giving to the Lord. Or I need to step up to tithe. I give a little bit, but I, I need to get back into it. The church is God's plan A, then I need to be a part of that. Whatever the case may be, you can follow the Holy Spirit. As the Spirit leads you, declare today, I'm gonna take my next step to contribute to my church. I love you, church. God bless you.